Hello and welcome everybody to Big Dog Ball Talk, hosted by Matt Eichwood and Jordan Fleagle. As you can tell, I'm not hung over this episode. Jordan's back to looking tip-top shape, handsome as ever. Uh, you handsome devil, Jordan. Uh, you're sucking back a nice moose head. Uh, you know, got to respect that. Jordan, how's it going today? Welcome to Big Dog Ball Talk. My guest, my friend, Thank my you. love. Thank you. Uh, it's going good. You kind of sounded like a, uh, uh, what's it called, a... Uh, auctioneer there at the beginning you ever try that out uh i could you want me to like yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay uh everybody if you're interested in buying uh, my used socks my used socks you have five dollars five dollars you socks i've got 10 10 10 10 10 thousand 10 thousand 10 thousand 15 there you go, thousand, there you go. 20 to the 20 20 to the 5 20 to the 25 25 to uh, 30 30 35 cattle auctions yeah well i mean i don't this know it doesn't you- work out where, where, where Jordan and I are from, actually, there's uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, quite a few flea markets, and there's actually the cattle markets mm-hmm. that they do mm-hmm. a lot of those auctions. Do you ever go to those, Jordan? No, no, I haven't. You I ever went uh, down to I go see get... if you could buy a pony? No, I should make it out there though. Wait, was that at uh, what's that place where the fair is? I think that's uh, is that not Katie? The Katie. Desert? Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing, actually. I did do that. I'm thinking. I'm unlocking a memory. We went there on a on a field trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they used to have right outside where they would uh, they would sell and do little auctions for all the yeah. livestock. They would be like, oh, pony rides for the kids. And yeah. here are all the kittens and the, the dogs that are like illegally being bred and yeah. sold for like $25. Yeah, uh, Katie Market. What a uh, strange shout out. Start yeah, the show. great great shout out to start the show uh for any new listeners out there this is big dog ball talk we're not a, a livestock podcast we're uh an nba no. podcast here at the the hottest takes and the best rants uh and, and it's been an exciting season so far jordan a lot's been going on uh and you know as we kind of started last week's episode or i guess monday's episode pardon me uh you know there's two teams right now that are uh, kind of uh, well, one more than the other now, uh, as we'll get to. Uh, but two teams that have really stuck out so far as uh, being on kind of heaters lately, and uh, it's two teams that had a colossal offseason trade, well, a sign-in trade uh, this year uh, in the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat, uh, and, yeah. and and it's been pretty interesting because both teams are kind of winning the same ways, very like different rosters, different situations, different. Uh, ambitions but it looks like team defense might just be back in the nba and it might be more important than ever yeah yeah you know fuck me with what i said last week which was uh i'm not sure exactly in what what segment but i said you know defense doesn't really matter anymore uh today's day and age if you have you know good offense it doesn't matter but yeah like you're saying both these teams proving that if you got a tough defense you're you're going to win a lot of games and uh the the raptors are currently on a five game winning streak and i believe the heat just had theirs snapped tonight uh, in a uh, blowout loss to the Celtics. But, uh, you know, prior to that, they were playing unbelievably. Uh, I don't know if you watched that game when they went down in Dallas, a uh, nationally televised game, and uh, uh, beat the boots off those guys. It was kind of close uh, through midway in the fourth quarter. You thought it might come down to the wire, but then uh, it was Kyle Lowry hitting some big shots there uh, and yep. setting guys up, and uh, they pulled away. And, um, no, they, the Heat have been incredible. Um, and well, I'll just, you know, talk about them a little bit first because uh, the raps have been, sure. been, you know, equally as good. But like uh, it, it, when you get someone like Kyle Lowry, who joins an already good team, like he's never actually had that opportunity before. You know, he's already he's been with the Raptors for the whole period of career in which he's been good. Like when he was traded from the Rockets to the Raptors, he wasn't even a starter, but then kind of built yep. himself up into the guy that he is today. But actually joining a team that 
already has great players and just a couple of years ago made the finals. It just shows uh, what, you know, the dimension he can add to an already good team. Like he was out there, especially in that Dallas game, hitting shots, you know, finding Bam under the rim, getting Jimmy like involved at just the right time. Uh, and he was finding Tyler Hero a bunch. And I think Tyler Hero's scoring burst has really been aided by Lowry down there. He's such a good playmaker. He knows exactly where to find shooters like Hero, uh, you know, when and, and how to get on the ball. Like I think Kyle Lowry's been kind of, the unsung hero for that team. Cause no one really thinks of him because he never averages a lot of points. He, he's not a guy who takes a lot yeah. of shots, but he is setting guys up. And even when he doesn't get the official assist, he gets a lot of hockey assists. And, and, you know, that's always been his, that's kind of like his legacy, like the guy who doesn't s- jump out uh, on the stat sheet, but who affects winning uh, like crazy. And I think uh, he just fits the personality of this heat team a hundred percent, like gritty, tough defenders who are smart and play team ball. And, you know, your guy Tyler Hero is really a big reason for for their success so far too. He's yep. scoring like a like a fireball off the bench, and you called it six men of the year. I think he's out there leading the front of that race right now. And yeah, for sure, the, the Heat are looking like they they don't really have a lot of weaknesses. I thought they'd struggle to score, but you know, uh, aside from this kind of blip uh, loss to yeah. the Celtics tonight, as we're recording this um, uh, Thursday night here, they've uh, been playing like the best team in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, I, we're, we'll, we'll touch on it really quickly. Yeah, they just lost uh, a blowout to uh, the Celtics. Jordan uh, had just kind of mentioned it briefly. Uh, I believe it was 95 to 78. So obviously the weakness tonight was uh, they couldn't get, couldn't get the, yeah. ball, uh, to, the ball to drop there. Uh, but I mean, you're going to have nights like that when you kind of live and die from defense. Uh, yeah. You go up against a team who's also playing hard D and then, uh, you know, maybe they just find the gaps that game. Uh, but they were due for one five games straight, yeah. still uh, six and two, very respectable, uh, respectable uh, lead in the East for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't really see them slowing down. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that, you know, as you said, like Kyle Lowry has been an unsung hero his entire life. Uh, yeah. as, as far as like, you know, from college to coming into the NBA uh, was always an underrated player. And uh, obviously early on, he had some, you know, attitude issues, which, you know, he's openly talked about. Uh, but he corrected once he you know got to Toronto and really got to see what a, a world-class organization can do and turn people around in their careers. Uh, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, though as big of a Lowry fan as I am, uh, you know, I thought that he was, you know, a little underwhelming uh, in his first couple games here uh, with the yeah. Heat. Uh, but again, then when he needed it, he came alive and he's been a leader for them on and off the court, which is why they brought that guy in, right? They need him to, yep. you know, promoting a winning culture he's an nba champion he's been there and played well on the biggest stage of them all so it's it's clear to me that you know he was brought in more of a as a culture guy than an on-court product but obviously he's still a top point guard he's still going to lock it down defensively and he's going to you know give you all as you said all those plays that aren't going to necessarily show up uh on the stat sheet at the end of the night or in the box score uh, so yeah, I think I think that they they're rolling. I think that they've quickly for a team that has added in quite uh, like some big pieces. Uh, they've quickly come together as a unit uh, and are playing some really great basketball altogether. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah, tonight wasn't their night. Uh, the big dog ball talk curse continues, where the team <laughs> that we want to talk about uh, before we record gets their asses slapped around. Yeah, uh, happened uh, with the Bulls, and now it's happening with uh, happening with the Heat. So uh, we'll see who it is next time. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting time to look at the Heat. Uh, as you said, Tyler Hero has really been helping them out. Duncan Robinson still kind of you know he's he, uh, this happens with some guys. I think that they kind of get stressed out trying to play up to their big contracts because I know he's had some pretty off games. And actually, I think Kyle Lowry made a comment about that, uh, saying like, yeah. "Wow, they, they pay us a lot of money to to miss these shots, eh?" Uh, 
but you know, you got to respect, you know, the honesty and the humility in that. Uh, yeah, the, 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 even with the loss tonight, yeah, the heat have definitely, you know, cemented themselves as contenders. They are a team that, you know, I said, I think could win the East this year. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's no surprise to me. I mean, the, I'm, I'm kind of the, uh, the Cesar, the, the czar, however you pronounce it. I don't even know if I'm using that word, right? It's our, it's I'm use it anyways. We'll call me a problem. No, but you know what, you know, what? that's good. The, the slip is fine because, uh, Tsar, as I found out from, uh, a, some Russian person I know, uh, yeah. is that like the Russian, uh, like Lang, the, the Russian version of Caesar, like, uh, in, uh, in Rome. Oh, yeah, little fun fact for you there. Well, and I'm born in July, which was for Julius Caesar. So <laughs> okay, it's all coming our, together. It's all coming together, yeah. maybe. And actually, fun fact, yeah. And then even though he's out, I, I'm kind of confused on the side of how this works. Uh, I technically share a birthday with Julius Caesar. He was born July 13th. Not the same wow. year, uh, obviously. Not the same uh, year. I don't, don't want to get everyone mixed up there. But I just yeah. don't get how, and before we get to the Raptors here, I just don't get how, how can you make up a month and then suddenly be like, I was born in the middle of this month. <laughs> I just created before I was born. I don't know. It's kind of fucking dumb to me. Yeah, uh, we, but again, I'm a history I'm, class that I'm surprised you didn't ask that. I think we, didn't we take a history class yeah, together we, on? Yeah, yeah in we did. We never yeah. got, never, never came up. Yeah, this guy, uh, this guy Jordan, always following me around. I, I, I took a history class, and I show up, uh, and this guy shows up late to class. Of course, a tr- little bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I had to get my coffee. I think that was the issue. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, but you know, I, as we almost go off the rails there, Jordan. Uh, you know, the Heat have been amazing, and there's no question about it. And Kyle Lowry has been a big part of that. But you know, a lot of people didn't think that that was, and us included. Uh, you know, his former team, the Toronto Raptors, that was going to happen. And we, you know, we were kind of pumping their tires last week because you know we were kind of like, you know, this is great. They're playing like really well, but we didn't expect it to continue. And yeah. They really, you know, exercise some demons playing against the Washington Wizards uh, last night. And yeah. you know, that compared to the game that we watched, the season opener to now, I could you couldn't tell me those are the same teams. No, no, no. It, especially like someone like Fred Van Vliet, who really struggled that first mm-hmm. game against the Wizards. Uh, you know, the season opener, but had I believe thirty three um, yeah. in last night uh, when we're recording this Wednesday night's game. And um, yeah, like the the Raptors have found a way to sort of use their personnel to their advantage. Like we talked about early in the season that they had really balanced scoring, but it was really low balanced scoring. So they were getting like, you know, destroyed by teams like the wizards. Um, and, you know, they had, they had two other losses there, one to the Mavs. And then I believe, do you know what, what was their third loss? It was Mavs. I'm not remembering, but yeah, anyway, short term memory. Move on. But to the, it, you know. In any case, their, their offense just looked like it was, you know, running through muck uh, and yeah. really, really slow and, and shitty uh, for, you know, the early part of the season there, but they've really found a way to keep that sort of balanced attack, but everyone's gotten better, like at the right time. Like OG has now yeah. found a shot at a career high uh, against um, the Knicks the other night um, at Madison. What a huge Madison. win too. Huge win. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that's tough to go into to MSG and, and beat the Knicks who are playing well themselves. Um, and uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet's found a shot and, before Scotty Barnes went down, he was leading the team in scoring. You know, yep. you know, we talked about him last episode too. And uh, the, these other guys like Precious Achua and um, even like someone like Kem Birch uh, mm-hmm. has found a way to stay on the floor. And a guy you were kind of bad-mouthing last episode, Svi Mikhailuk, actually playing pretty well. Like yep. Even though you know he wasn't shooting uh, super well there and sort of through the middle part of the season so far, these games. Yep. But Nick Nurse seems to like him. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's getting... 
um, all those kind of minutes I thought would either be going to Goran Dragic or another guard, even like, uh, uh, what's his face? Malachi Flynn. Well, and he even uh, who, got shout out, got yep. a few minutes the, finally the other night. Finally, I think, yeah, Nick Nurse must listen to uh, Big Dog Ball Talk as well. But yeah, he's uh, a big dog. You know, he's got these guys' senses about oh, yeah. him. Oh, he, yeah. You know what he's doing. We got to keep him straight. Keep him honest, Nick. Nick, if you're listening, man, put put Nicky. the guitar down, turn yeah, off get your the guitars, and turn up the, the headphones. Listen to what we're telling you, man. Malachi Flynn's the truth. Uh, but, you know, with Svi, I actually, yes, I, I will eat my words. He played, actually, I thought, really well. I, I was yeah, really yeah. happy to see how he's playing. I actually think it was, now that I've watched how he's played, I think that it's more so due to him playing in, you know, not a small ball lineup. Uh, right, yeah, but, yeah. You know, coming off the bench, he was kind of playing as the shooting guard there. Uh, I actually think that he's better off playing uh as a small ball four or something you know what i mean yeah 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 he's really yeah like a swing floor obviously yeah. a bit of a sharpshooter uh but yeah he's he really seemed you know be able to move it around they had a lot more energy that way and the raptors like to go small uh they yeah. have for years so uh no i was I, i'm very happy to eat my words about svi's play and <laughs> uh yeah no, uh all props to the raptors right now they're looking hot they're moving up the, the standings which is not what i imagined would happen this year yeah and uh yeah let's go raptors we the north uh i've, I've got no let's complaints go right now everything's gravy yeah and, and you know they're playing great team defense which is you know the thing that if, if there was one strength we were going to point to uh it was going to be that we knew they were going to be solid defensively yeah. it was just the the offense and um i i think yeah already on this young season we're seeing more firepower from them than i thought we'd ever see like another guy who uh, is been has been super important to them and did not play well the first few games, but now is kind of coming into his zone is Gary Trent. Uh, oh, he's really, really shooting the ball well from deep um, and, you know, spacing the floor for them and is such a gritty defender. Like he's not the biggest guy for his position or the strongest, but he's, uh, yeah, he's no slouch on defense. He, I, I, I saw a stat the other day. I think him and Van Vliet are leading, leading the league in yep. uh, like one and two in league and deflections. Like they're yep. getting out, getting after it and really locking guys down. And then, uh, just hitting shots on the other end. And I, I love the Gary Trent Jr. Uh, you know, pickup and extension. Um, I think he is the perfect guy for this team and is really fitting in. And, uh, you know, when, when we get Scotty Barnes back and Pascal Siakam, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe the ceiling of this team is, is higher yeah. than we even gave them credit. Uh, at, you know, as I think maybe we were, you know, trying not to get too excited yeah. or be too much, you know, too, too much of a homer about, about these guys, but um I don't know. Like there's, there's a lot to be excited about and, and they're already exceeding expectations. We'll, we'll see how long they can keep it up. Well, and now to, for we can be a little bit crazy here. It's super early on again, who knows how both these teams uh, trajectories are going to go for the season, but yeah. uh, you know, we had already been talking about obviously Lowry uh, moving on from, uh, from the Raptors this off season, you know, trying to chase that ring. But when you kind of put the team side by side, obviously, you know, maybe the, the heat have a little bit more star power with Bam and Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. but with how everything's been going and how the things are trending, how do you feel it would be for the Raptors? And I guess an extension, the heat had Lowry decided to stay because as well, far as I know, the only difference would be no Dragic and no precious because they would have still had the cap and the, uh, the resources to still pick up Gary Trent. So yeah. right now I, it's hard to say, but I actually think the Raptors would be like legit, like playoff like they'd be like a top five seed i would probably put them out with with lowry right now i think it would be an insane team to be honest yeah well especially like if you had lowry uh you know helping a guy like um 
Scotty Barnes along. Like that leadership would, you know, I feel unlock him even more. And these these younger guys who are struggling with their shot, even even you know, c- considering like his role on the team, someone like OG who's not, you know, he's still kind of young uh, in, in the big picture or grand scheme of things. But you know, yeah. on this team is one of the veterans. Like he's played with Lowry his whole career. Like Lowry would be able to unlock him a little bit too. Like that's kind of what, uh, you know, what I'm seeing mainly down there in Miami, obviously Miami had a good team before Kyle Lowry even got there. And, you know, Dragic kind of was playing that role as point guard, but uh, that's, that's the biggest takeaway I've seen from the heat this year is how much Lowry is doing to unlock that team offensively. And if he was still with the Raptors, I think, yeah, these guys would be, uh, you know, markedly better. Lowry would, you know, chip in, the you know what 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 he's normally been averaging with the Raptors you know at this point maybe it'd be down closer to like 15 points or whatever it is yeah. but even that offensive boost I don't think anyone else's numbers would take a hit I think that's a beauty of somebody like Lowry he, mm-hmm. he doesn't really take away from anyone else's scoring ability or you know any anything that they do offensively he just enhances it and uh yeah I don't know man like the the, the heat would still be I, I would say probably overall especially when it comes to playoff time like the better team but yeah, uh, I think I think Lowry, uh, yeah, with this Raptors team would be would be pretty scary still. Like especially sure. especially if you have a, a guy like Siakam who can come back and play to the level he was playing at before, uh, you know, before the whole Florida flu yeah. and and issue with that when he was playing like All Star caliber, uh, you know, level there because. OG is already, you know, we, we talk about it every year. He kind of sneaks up on you, but he seems like he's taken another step. Like he's up yep. averaging 20 points a game this year. And, uh, you know, I don't know. The Raptors have more, I've said it, said it, you know, I'll say it again. They have more firepower than, than I thought they did. So I got to give them credit. These guys are, you know, really blowing me away. And yeah, with Lowry, yeah. I think they'd be, they'd be really good for sure. A playoff lock for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I think the only real downside to Lowry, if he had stayed would be, you know, obviously the development of those young guys would kind of have to yeah. take a back step because there just wouldn't be enough minutes to go around, you know, like uh, Gary Trent wouldn't be able to start, uh, you know, maybe one of Siakam or Scotty Barnes, obviously, you know, their minutes would really take a dive or OG, depending on how, what route they wanted to go. Uh, yeah. So all in all, obviously, I still think that it was the best move possible for both teams. Uh, I think they both, uh, you know, it was a win-win trade at this point. Uh, yeah. It's obviously, it's still hard to tell. Uh, but I mean, we're happy for Lowry and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping to see big things from both these teams. Maybe a crazy Eastern Conference. Actually, no, no, no. I, I take that back. I take that back. Take it back. I don't want, I, I don't want that. I don't want them to meet in the playoffs. I don't. But that's what, no, I, I was thinking I about this. I, I don't I'll want them to meet in the playoffs either, yeah. but. I think it would be fun though. It would Great. be, it would be pretty yeah. crazy. It would be an amazing Great story, TV. but yeah. I don't, I don't want to eliminate Lowry and take away his chance of winning. Yeah. Sure as hell don't want to see him win on another team against us. Well, if we get to, if we meet in the Eastern conference finals, Raptors heat, then we're kind of like, we got, you know, it doesn't really matter who wins type of thing. Like we'll be happy either way. So I guess, I'm yeah. rooting for that. I'm rooting for that. I just, I do want Lowry to win. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If, if anyone's going, if it's not going to be the Raptors. Yeah. Let's, let's see Lowry get a, get another one. Yeah. Uh, moving on to, you know, uh, some people that are, uh, more so, uh, they, they've been uh, not as cohesive as the Raptors, uh, <laughs> the Celtics, uh, obviously they, we were saying before, uh, in the show that they, they just laid the smack at the down on, uh, on the Miami heat tonight, uh, I was recording on the Thursday, but Marcus smart, uh, with some <laughs> big talk in the, the post game media scrum, uh, a couple nights ago talking about, you know, uh, oh, well, everybody knows the ball's going to Jalen or it's going to Jason. Like, I don't know why they don't pass it. It's kind of like pretty much calling them selfish. And it's yeah. like, you're Marcus Smart. 
Like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Like, Conor McGregor, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, it's like, yes, I, I understand where he's coming from and the frustration because you know, Boston's definitely underperformed so far this year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think that they, a lot of people, you know, because they have Brown and Tatum kind of expected them to be better, uh, but they really do lack a lot of depth. I think Al Horford coming back has been huge for them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, big time. Like Marcus Smart can't be running his mouth like that. He can't be like balking like that because that's not he's he, he he's not that guy. Like, does he think that they should give him the rock in the fourth quarter? Like, well, that's that's well, that's the thing too. He's he's always been uh, like a guy who's been kind of delusional about when he should be shooting, and if yeah. he's the guy, you know, that he's been kind of the what a lot of people have called like the heart and soul of the Celtics team for this past you know five years or whatever when they've. You know, since since they've got uh, Brown and Tatum and have, have been a good team, and even before yeah. that, uh, Smart was part of those teams. I believe he was on the the team when Isaiah Thomas was there. Yeah, uh, yeah he was there. And and you know, he's he's been there for for so long, and he's he's a guy who's really endeared himself to the Celtics fans because he plays hard, plays defense, you know, gets on the floor, and uh, you know, does whatever it takes to win. But he yeah. he's always kind of takes it a step too far and wants to be that guy out there shooting shooting threes in the fourth quarter and that's just never yeah. been his game and if he's doing that for you uh you you know you've got a problem like he, he can be on a winning team for sure um but he, he can't be one of your you know the, your, your shot takers uh, at the end of close games and yeah for him to say something like that like that's not really the issue uh the issue is not Jalen and and Jason not passing the ball to you Marcus uh, yeah. there's something else going on with your team how about the fact that you guys do not have a good defense at all yeah. Uh, and and let the Bulls, uh, who were down by 14 in the fourth quarter, uh, then beat you guys by more than 14. Somehow this insane turnaround, uh, like the the problem is is your defense and sort of cohesiveness uh, as 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 a group, not you not getting the ball. So like, it, I guess it's good that he said something because it kind of you know stirs the pot or kind of gets you know gets the elephant out of the room or whatever like, you want to like say. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, uh, Jay, I'll throw that one in there. Yes, thanks, Matt. Um, but you turns know, the lights it, on. But it's the wrong thing to say, and it's coming from the wrong person. So it's like you know, I don't really know how to feel about his comments. And uh, yeah, like after that, apparently they had a team meeting, and and you know, surprise, surprise, they they go and blow out the heat uh, tonight here Thursday night. So you know, maybe maybe everything will turn around. Maybe his comments have actually helped them in in the end. But you know, it's it's too early to tell, obviously. But I think you know, the, the Celtics kind of like we predicted uh, in our preview pod, I just don't think they did enough to yeah. really elevate where they've been for the past few years, uh, though they did make that Eastern conference finals in the bubble. And, you know, I, I think things go a little bit differently. They could have beat the heat, but mm-hmm. at the same time, things go a little bit differently. They lose to the Raptors in the second round. That was a tough yep. seven game series that they easily could have lost. So came down to the yeah. last play on shot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, I, I think this is who the Celtics are. I think they're going to struggle through this season. And I think people have kind of, you know, in my opinion, we're a little bit too high on them um, because For sure. as good as uh, Brown and Tatum are, I think there's a certain sort of aspect of them playing right in the positions that go right next to each other, where they, in some situations, take away from what the other could be doing. Like I like yeah. my talent, you know, if I'm building a team to be, as far apart as possible. That's why I like the classic, like little guy, big guy yeah, combos. Cause it's, it's less likely that they take away from what the other guy can do. Like Jalen Brown, we saw in the first game of the season uh, against the Knicks, he scored 46 points was this amazing, you know, amazing performance that we saw. 
so then you, you know, par- part of you is like, okay, get him the ball on the wing all the time. But then you see a guy like Jason Tatum, who's such a skilled scorer, you, you say, okay, get him the ball. And then it kind of turns into, if you're the Celtics, it kind of his turn, you know, you know, my turn, your turn type yeah. thing. Um, and then, you know, who, neither of those guys are really good at getting everyone else involved. They don't really have a true point guard. So I don't know, man, I, I'm just kind of low on the Celtics and, and, and was uh, going into the season. So I'm not really surprised they're struggling, but uh, yeah, yeah. Mar- Marcus Smart, uh, come on, dude. You're not the answer for this team offensively. Sorry. <laughs> he's uh, he, he's kind of got a, uh, like a Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I think in like a couple of years, people are going to look at him like how people look at Patrick Beverly right now. I think he's probably a better player than Beverly ever has been. Uh, Yeah, I'd agree. But but yeah, he's definitely, he talks a lot of crap. He's a pesky defender. Like nobody likes playing against him again. He's one of those guys, again, like a a dream on green uh, that like if he's on your team, you love him. But if you're in the other 29 teams, you absolutely hate his guts. Uh, And I I love players like that in a way, as long as they're not playing my team, then I'm going to be going to my rants about how much I hate them. Uh, yeah. and also, you know, the team meeting, I find is hilarious. Like Tyler hands, bro. Oh, psycho T one of the best <laughs> to ever do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, the, when I, whenever I hear like team meetings, I always miss, I'm like, man, I miss LeBron in Cleveland when like every year they'd have like right at the beginning of the year, it's like, yeah. Oh, breaking news. LeBron calls players only meeting in the <laughs> locker room. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. He's gonna tell everyone to go read uh, the but, Godfather but, or uh, some yeah. other book that he's only read, like the opening page of that he's <laughs> clearly never read. But, but also, the, I also always remember the Raptors. They would, whenever they would go on you know, before they got Lowry or sort of the first few years when they when they were so mediocre, they would always start the season doing okay, maybe around five hundred. They'd go on a West Coast road trip, lose every oh, game, and then have a yeah. and then have a, a players only meeting. Every year, really fix anything, but yeah, the players only meetings are hilarious when I hear them. We should have a yeah, if, if we ever see like a, a drop in you know quality of our content, we'll have a, a, a podcast, big dogs only meeting just to yeah. hammer this out, make sure our big team that we have behind us. Uh, well, we'll, we could we we'll, could put it, we could record it, and yeah, just put it true. Out what we talk about, yeah, There's you guys, you guys talk. are you guys are part of the big dog, everyone listening right now, you're part of this big dog ball talk team, the squad. Yeah, we're an egalitarian company here. We'll, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. soon soon we're gonna have to come up with a name for uh for the listeners uh, we'll figure it out uh you big know ballers big ballers yeah big ballers yeah. okay lavar don't sue uh <laughs> but uh as, as we as we're moving on i mean uh i think that we've kind of covered as much as we need to cover with uh when it comes to the celtics uh we'll, we'll see how they go from here uh, again maybe they'll be able to ride off this high maybe marcus smart was able to initiate something in them uh or maybe on Monday we'll be playing another episode of uh, Who's the Big Dog uh, between Jalen Brown and Jason <laughs> no, Tate. Because, uh, neither, neither of them are the big dog. That's the answer. That's the problem. These guys, uh, well, Horford's the big guys dog. are kind of soft. I'm going to say it, man. I, yeah. I, I've watched them. They're two of the most talented guys in the league, but they're uh, not what you'd call vocal leaders, unfortunately. For sure. And then yeah. when you leave it to Marcus Smart, you, you got an issue too. So get well, another big dog in there, baby. Get LeVar yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, talking about big dogs, uh, we're moving on to, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, who we were talking about uh, a couple times already, uh, some memeable yeah. moments here, uh, but has been big in uh, the media. And it's been this in the past, like, you know, 24 hours. Uh, and it was kind of over something that, like, I think I've seen multiple players do before, which, and then they just unlike it or even they just keep it. And nobody really makes it a big deal. Yeah. This one really blew up. Carl Anthony Towns liking a tweet about him being traded and hashtag free cat. And he was all pretty much, he liked the tweet. So then people went crazy because he had also just come out with a comment saying, uh, you know, because I think they're on a three-game losing streak uh, as of recording this. 
And uh, he said, you know, oh, I've been in Minnesota long enough. I know that like three games can turn to 15, 16, 17 or 18 <laughs> games in a row yeah. uh, really quick. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. It is like you <laughs> you haven't had much success here, uh, which I mean, again, kind of speaks to you, but we're, we're not going there right now. Yeah. Uh, but again, Kat, you know, uh, afterwards, you know, they, they expose like everyone's sitting around the screenshot. Oh, Kat's liking uh, tweets about him being tr- uh, traded. And then he comes out saying, oh, sorry, guys. Someone hacked my Twitter account. Uh, I talked to the couple people who I know that have my Twitter password. It wasn't them. So, uh, yeah, sorry, guys, I was hacked. And it's like, just be straight, man. If you want to be traded. Yeah, you know what? The first thing I would do if I hacked an NBA player's uh, Twitter account is go and like a tweet. I I wouldn't tweet something crazy. Yeah, I I would just go like a tweet that someone might not see. That's Well, well, somebody tweeted, somebody somebody hacked, and this is a couple years ago, somebody hacked Chris Paul's twitter account yeah yeah going crazy on it they were they tweeted out like keemstar to shut up you're 40 years old or something like they were going wild and that's exactly it like that's what people on twitter were saying it's like come on don't say you're hacked like that's that's something else uh i'm trying to think who was the what is the name uh it wasn't marcus smart uh it's another guard on uh on the uh the celtics in the off season got hacked and somebody started sharing like retweeting all these like sex like porn accounts oh shit that I was like know. i was like okay now you're just like that's defamation of character sir you're going to jail uh but you know uh, on that though i mean what do you think about like some of these athletes you know going into the media and kind of you know getting on their their twitter fingers uh just to you know start yeah. trying to push that narrative instead of being straight up and being like you know uh, i'm not happy with my situation or you don't even have to go to the media about that tell your organization that they don't need to find out from Twitter that you're not happy. If you're supposed to be a franchise guy, I'm sure they'd rather know from any other source than, Oh yeah. He says his Twitter was hacked, but pretty sure he just liked the tweet himself. Well, yeah. I mean, it's different when you got someone like cat doing it versus someone like recently that it was uh, kind of reported and and kind of all over Instagram and um, you know, NBA Twitter and stuff too, that uh, bull bull liked a tweet saying, you know, get, get Bobo out of there. He's uh, wasting his time, whatever, whatever they're in Denver. Uh, and you know, it's one thing when someone like that does it, uh, yep. cause that that'll happen more often, but and that's funny. That, and yeah. And it's funny, but you know, when it's your franchise player, uh, who, who does that, uh, you know, and then yeah, says, says he was hacked. Like it's, it's just a weird situation. Like cat, yeah. don't be doing that. Uh, if that was you, if you really were hacked, uh, you know, you know, fine. But, uh, like, it's just it's just kind of especially not cat who's in minnesota finally having what we thought was like an okay kind of season for them Mm. like like one of the best seasons like it's just not the way uh we want to see things going and it's like yeah cat you might be on a three-game losing streak but you are someone who can uh you know turn that around you yeah you have the talent and the ability to to stop that like don't act like uh, and, and I'm not buying anymore either that you have this terrible shitty ass team, uh, you know, around you. Like you have some pretty good guys. You have a competent team. Enough uh, to make the eight seed, especially in the West right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you, you have enough teams you, you can go in, you know, you, you've got enough winnable games on your schedule. Yep. You can, you, you're a big, you're a big boy. Uh, like I made the point with freaking Embiid uh, in last pod, uh, you are mostly going up against new age, like six, seven, uh, skinny centers uh, and you, you were one of the few kind of old school dominating big men you can average as many points as you want pretty much so yeah yeah uh, I, it, it is definitely strange to see someone like cat do it but I'm even remembering 
back a few years ago when Eric Bledsoe did it to get out of Phoenix. Like he tweeted, like, get me out of here or yep. whatever he said. And, and then he said he was in a barber shop. Yeah. <laughs> but now we have to, that, that's kind of something that I, I wasn't even thinking about that probably should have been one of the things we led off on. Maybe we're not very woke, but the <laughs> owner of the Suns, they, I, I, oh yeah. All these allegations yeah. and like the Eric Bledsoe, that tweet kind of like came out and people were like, yeah. Oh, looking back on it. Maybe there was a little more to this than, you know, he was just disgruntled. Maybe he doesn't like playing for a misogynistic, racist piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was some pretty, like, I, I haven't read the full article, but I read some of the, like, the yeah. I saw the screenshots of kind of the main things. Like, it's a lot, man. It, it's, it goes all the way cr- back to 2004. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's and, a lot. And all I could think of is, like, aside from, like, how – fucked up it is and you know people have been ragging on sarver for years like and i thought mm-hmm. it was just kind of the way he handled basketball operations but i always thought maybe there was a little bit more there like i thought i thought just got the sense that people just didn't really like him yeah he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and uh so i'm not all that surprised like if this was going to come out about any owner like i thought yeah. you know he he would be you know right up there as as you know a guy who's not really well liked and and then there was the whole, you know, thing about how they were totally mismanaged, like the goat in the office that took a shit, like that was yeah. from a, a couple of years ago too. Um, and yeah, what a, what a seemingly fucking horrible guy who should be banned just like Donald Sterling was, he should be oh, yeah. forced to sell the team. And, and I feel bad for fucking Chris Paul, who once again has to play for you know, uh, an owner who mm-hmm. is a, a, a total piece of shit. And then, he has to deal with, you know, a, a team with a lot of, you know, championship aspirations has yeah. to sort of deal with all this off the court shit. And it could, you know, lead to, um, you know, uncertainty and sort of a derailing of their season. Cause that's what happened to the Clippers, the Sterling year, the Clippers yeah. were, that was one of the best, uh, you know, versions of that team that sure. I, I thought that year could have, could have won the championship uh, or at least competed with anyone out West. And, uh, and then, yeah, the whole thing went down with, with Donald Sterling and, and that really, contributed to the derailing of that uh you know they were all just exhausted i think by the end of it having to deal yeah. with all the off-court stuff so you know fuck these fuck these rich owners who think they can uh you know treat treat their players like they're like their property it's it's yeah it's, it's ridiculous like yeah. players coaches even people that were working in management like yeah there's there's a lot obviously that he's got the people that are backing him up and whatever like uh you apparently know, he passed around pictures of his wife to all of his like bikini. staffers in a bikini so like, hot man thanks for showing us your picture of your wife that's man. yeah uh i mean again i'm sure we'll this probably isn't the last time we'll talk about this we'll get into a little maybe more detail uh because well, something will happen here like they oh, you know, he'll like be fired like, there's no way yeah. there's no way yeah. silver's gonna let him stay no chance no. Uh, I mean, with, again, like it's a big part of that, you know, uh, the assistant coach now or uh, with the Raptors, Earl Watson, you know, he was a huge part yeah. of that. He was the head coach at that point. He was, he was one of the leading per- people that was like outwardly spoken about how he would get into like altercations with them almost every day because of yeah. his use of, you know, racial slurs or other connotations. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sarver can get the fuck out of the NBA and uh, you know, hopefully uh, the next time we bring up his name or we're, uh, we're recording a podcast, we'll just be announcing that uh, he's been banned from the NBA. Uh, so uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're not going to dwell too much on the, the negatives right now. Uh, and then hopefully gonna... whoever gets in there can pay DeAndre Ayton and I can, uh, yeah, my, yeah. Sons, my sons can go and win the championship. Like I predicted. Exactly. Yeah. Get, 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 uh, get everybody happy. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not happy at all. Generally I'm okay. I wouldn't say that I'm, means like, I'm very happy. I, I wouldn't say I'm super happy all the time, but like enough, like I'm not like a basket case or something. Uh, <laughs> but 
for anyone who's unfamiliar and you didn't listen to our uh, two hour NBA season preview, what are you doing? Come on, go back, listen to that. Uh, we're still early on enough here. You can catch up with all our picks that we've been mentioning. And uh, yeah. again, I think probably still some of those underdog picks, you can make some money on them. Uh, sure. It's kind of looking like we were onto something. Uh, but uh, the me and Jordan every year always make a $50 wager. Uh, historically, I've done very well, but it looks like this year I'm going to be doing very poorly. Uh, I was feeling just send cocky. it to me now, Matt. Just send it to me now. Save yourself the pain. Yeah, I, I gave Jordan. Uh, I, I thought this was a sneaky one. I thought I, I had a good hinting on this one. Uh, we bet that the Pelicans will make the playoffs. Obviously, they're uh, the Pelicans right now sit at one and eight. They've looked horrible. The only win they have is over the Timberwolves. Uh, Close. I uh, mean, it's it. It is ugly basketball to watch. And a big part of that right now is, you know, Zion Williamson, who is supposed to be the savior of this generational player, uh, is kind of just getting fat shamed all over the media. He's <laughs> not in shape. He Again, we were talking about it even in the preview podcast, you know, talking about the Pelicans. You're like, this guy had to relearn how to walk because his like joints and his knees and his ankles weren't right because he had like waddling. He had the duck, the pigeon feet, rather pigeon toes, whatever the phrase is, but it looks like I might, yeah, I might as well send Jordan the 50 bucks now or just burn it or do literally anything else. Just throw it out the window. I don't know. Write me a check. Uh, okay. But yeah, it was pretty much for, for, for freaking nothing. Uh, but I mean like Jordan, I, I'm not sure how many Pelicans games you've been able to catch, uh, but like, where do you, where do they go from this? And again, more importantly, I mean, where does the the love child of Shaq and Charles Barkley, Zion Williamson, have to go from here? Because apparently he's still about a month away to from coming back. And I don't know if he's going to be, you know, the X factor enough to even bring them into that ten seed to make the play in. Well, I mean, look, I, I understand Zion. He, there was the long his long awaited uh, actual debut in the league, and then he came in uh, and kind of led that fourth quarter rally he hit a bunch of threes i think he hit like four threes remember that game his yep, first game yep. and uh you know four threes like, oh my in that God, one he's game, here. and he did all yeah. of his college career exactly yeah and like oh my god but to me it feels like zion hasn't even played like any sort of meaningful game like i know he's been an all-star i know he played most of the season leading up to the bubble if i'm not mistaken like yeah, he played that so, yeah. he's, he's played almost a full season but it feels to me like his injuries have been so like perfectly timed, like he plays for a bit injured. He's down again. Like it, it, it really feels like he hasn't even debuted, especially when you have the, the other big star in his draft class, John Morant, who's looking like an MVP candidate uh-huh. this year. Yeah. And Zion's still not playing. Like I, I just looked up his, his injury history, just, just, just to, to, to see uh, he. So in 2019, when he was still at Duke, uh, yeah. you remember he blew through his shoe oh yeah yep he, against he, uh well that was kentucky he was playing it was the huge huge game it was on all well, over i think it, was, I think it might have been north carolina oh anyway, yeah that would make sense yeah unc yeah. or kentucky yeah oh no 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 unc yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was a huge game and yeah. uh yeah so he, he hurt his knee there was out for like about three weeks uh then hurt his knee again in summer league after yeah. he was drafted then uh tore his meniscus which is what kept him out uh of the beginning of his rookie year uh leading into you know 2020 uh, or 2019 20 i should say um and then had sort of knee soreness through the first you know year uh, or so of his career and mm-hmm. was on that minute minutes restriction or whatever and then in 2021 has a thumb sprain and missed the you know the last little bit of last season though the they were out of the playoff picture so they were obviously going to you know just yeah. shut him down as soon as they could and then now this uh season david griffin reveals the injury you're talking about now uh 
before you sort of just before training camp through like NBA media day, we were all unsure of when he was going to get back and said, he'd be ready for uh, the start of uh, you know, the season, the season opener. And it, it's a pretty significant foot fracture. Uh, yeah. And you know, this is just news to everyone all of a sudden. Uh, and I just don't like it when there's a player of his size and not even, I'm not even talking about the weight that he's put on. I just mean, mm. his like natural college weight, even his explosiveness and size when he has all these lower body injuries, especially knee and foot stuff, because that's just prone when your whole game is about your explosiveness and the way you push off and the way you jump, um, the way you run up and down the court, uh, prone to get injured again. And I'm like, how often is this guy going to even be on the court? Is it going to be like an Embiid situation times 10? Like I have no idea what's going to, what's going to happen with this dude. And uh, all I want to do is see him play because I want to see if he can live up to, you know, the hype and the potential that everyone, you know, has put on him as Mm -hmm. one of the most highly touted draft prospects in years. But like then, you know, the fact that he's not on the court leads to the him not being able to get himself into game shape. So when he comes back, even then it's going to take a while to get back into, you know, proper shape. And so, it's just this cycle that seems to keep repeating and yeah, you know, I, I don't see an end to it right now. And then, you know, for the Pelicans, you've got Ingram out with injury right now too, who's, you know, was scoring the ball really well to start the year when he's played, but now they're left with a bunch of young guys who don't really know what they're doing and Devonte Graham hoisting up shots. And the only thing sort of keeping them competitive in these games is fucking Jonas Valanciunas and big, uh, dog of the month. big dog of the month. I mean, he deserves it. They're averaging almost 20 points and, his rebounds have kind of come down to earth now, but I think he's still around 14 and uh, per, per game there. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, other than that kind of bright spot, because uh, I do think that was a good pickup for them. And I do, like I said in our preview pod, want to see him play with fucking Zion. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, it, that's pretty much the only bright spot I can find for the Pelicans right now, because even all their young guys who they have, like Jackson Hayes and Herb no Jones. And, no, even Nikhil Alexander Walker is, is playing okay, but, like you're never actually going to see the best version of these guys until you have enough guys around them to have a winning team and culture and get them in competitive games. Uh, and then, you know, no matter how good your stats are, or whatever, as a young player, if you're not winning uh, and getting those reps and, you know, competitive games, it, it, it almost doesn't really even matter. So, yeah, I don't know, man, the, the Pelicans are pretty much the, you know, the, the most, the, the saddest story in the NBA right now, I'd say. Well, it's funny when and you who knows if they're going to be in New Orleans for that much longer if this keeps yep. keeps up. Like they, they might too. they might dip to Vegas or Seattle or whatever wherever the next team. I think this is the prime uh, the prime franchise to be moved if there's going to be one moved in the next five years. Yeah, I I think that's probably that's a that's a good take. Uh, and yeah, it's funny you keep saying you know you want to see Zion on the court for like a consecutive season essentially. How to like actually just get it? Yeah. Uh, reminds me of the good old Paul Pierce uh, quote. Uh, he doesn't want, he does, he's sick of just getting a taste. He wants the full load. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, but I, I, I totally agree with that though. And again, this is also one of those things that I, I'm a little skeptical. I'm going to get on my soapbox of conspiracy theories here uh, with sports. Uh, Cause I don't like conspiracy theories generally, but sports conspiracy theories, I'm all about because yeah, uh, there's, there's levels to this shit. If uh, you guys don't know, get woke. Um, but Zion and the it was even during last season, uh, but especially heavy in the off season that he wasn't happy there. Uh, yeah. You know, his stepfather, who's like one of his like closest you know, family members, he's like he's he. I think he actually might. I don't know if he represents Zion, but I know he's like very like he's very involved in you know his his talks, his negotiations. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he had said like, yeah, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. He's not happy here. Yeah. 
Uh, he's not getting like the, the treatment that he should be. And this is kind of something that we've heard from star after star, or at least prospect star that keep coming out uh, of from, from they get drafted by the Pelicans and then none of them stay, or even like, have an inclining to want to stay uh, yeah. unless it's just for the money, because for some reason that doesn't seem like the management can ever put something together for them. Uh, I, I also don't think, you know, when you look at their roster, even without Zion, I don't think they're the worst team in the West. Like uh, they should be better than some of these other teams. Like, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't see why they're like, I, I, without, without Zion, I only think they're a little bit worse than the Timberwolves, honestly, uh, yeah. which I mean, and, and like, that could be a bit of a stretch. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, you got Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley as well, uh, plus D'Lo uh, with cat, but it, it, there's, there's other teams in the West that like, they, there's no way that they're, they're this, this bad. Yeah. Out. yeah. But I mean, again, the, the big thing, you know, we haven't seen, uh, you know, them put anything together. Uh, they did add in quite a bit, like multiple different new talents, like Devonte Graham. I'm a big fan of his. I know not everybody's huge on him. I mean, he, uh, if anyone's watching Pelicans games, like I have, the guy's the buzzer beater King. This guy doesn't yeah. miss on buzzer beaters, but it's a second or third quarter. He's always hitting them. It's always like a nice bank or something too. So uh, I, I love that, but yeah, it's like, they're still an exciting enough team, but like a guy like Nikhil Alexander Walker, who tons of people were like, this is going to be a breakout year for him. He's, he's not shooting nothing. the ball well. He's, he's not shooting the ball nothing. well at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been ugly to watch at times. Uh, and you said it before, you know, Jackson Hayes like gets like a couple good rebounds and blocks, but like he's done nothing. It's it's not looking good for the Pelicans for the future. It's not looking good for the present. And I mean, the past is already shit. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know where, where what to even say right now. This is kind of how I felt about when we were talking about the Sacramento Kings before. But, I mean, the Kings are at least putting up a fight. They're showing us something. I need to see something here for the Pelicans soon, or I'm just going to be – yeah, I'm just going to send you the 50 bucks, and we'll wash our hands clean to this deal and walk away. <laughs> well, and then you get someone like Sadoransky and Garrett Temple, and uh, in, in they kind of fill in for – or are supposed to fill in for Lonzo Ball, who you lose, mm-hmm. who's one of, been one of your solid players last few years. Thomas Sadoransky's only played four games for them as averaging two points. Like, they're not even playing him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's a – good big guard and a veteran uh, you know, who, uh, yeah who could really help these guys garrett temple's playing a little bit off the bench but i mean like what what was your whole plan giving up lonzo for this like i, I don't understand it it, yeah. it really makes no sense to me and you know D- david griffin's moves as a gm are one thing but then also his kind of not aloofness but his seemingly trying to like play the media or like all the fans like about when zion is getting, coming back like not being honest like those two things together, like make me think, I don't know how long he's going to be in a job. And like, I've heard a lot of people talk about this, uh, you know, in terms of relocation, like yep. the, the, the Pelicans, like through, through no fault of New Orleans, like as a city uh, itself, but like they've had a rough go with all the yep. hurricanes and everything, like the business interests down there um, are just sort of not working like, like they do in other, uh, you know, American cities. Uh, and then, you know, all the sort of, sports you know uh fandom they, they can muster muster most of that goes to the saints anyway so it's yeah. like hard to support a franchise down there especially when it's struggling like this and yeah i, I don't know man it's looking pretty 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 grim uh and it, it's you know zion's only one like part of that zion not playing uh i think he's just kind of like the yeah the chip that's there and you know as as as, as long as he's sidelined sitting on the floor there's going to be really no excitement there even even if they had a complete team Without him, uh, you know, like, yeah, you got Brandon Ingram and, you know, JV playing well and these other guys, but I, I think Zion was supposed to be like the saving grace uh, of yeah. this franchise. And it's just, it's just not working out. It's just like, 
I, I feel bad for them, honestly. Sure you do, man. You can wipe that smile off your face anytime <laughs> uh, and collect the check. In the no, middle. I'm serious. Come on, yeah. come on. Come on. No, you cut. Yeah, you come on. Uh, but, you know, uh, obviously we're going to move on to some teams that uh, are doing a little bit better. Uh, obviously, in the beginning of the season, they were struggling, and uh, we had said they'll come on, they'll figure it out. Uh, obviously, it's been in different ways, but uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, who many regarded as the uh, two favorites in the respective conferences, uh, to, you know, go into the NBA Finals this year. Very rough start, but they're both putting it together, five and three records uh, each. Uh, I mean – from both teams, they, like I, I definitely have a little more faith in the Nets. Uh, yeah. Actually, I have not even a little bit. I have a lot more faith in the Nets still uh, because with, without LeBron, the, the Lakers have still looked horrible. Um, Russell Westbrook, which is like literally what people are calling him in like the media now uh, on ESPN and shit. Like it's it's, <laughs> and I, I I don't even like I don't even have how people defend Westbrook. He's horrible. <laughs> He's actually horrible. Like, and again, and me, me and you had this take before. Some guy stole our take. They said Westbrook should be benched and Rondo should be starting. Yeah. Which yeah. we said that when it comes to the NBA finals, if they were going to go there, then that's what they probably have to do. And that's is what they're going to have to do. This guy can't, you can't win with them. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can win all yeah. these regular season games and they're going to be close. They're not going to be blowout games. Like it's not going to be a breeze regular season. Uh, but, but like, again, then you go to the other side, you know, you got Harden. Harden's so inconsistent right now. He's picking it up a little bit more. Uh, and obviously I'm going to want to get your input on uh, Harden, especially, but it's just weird to see these teams, you know, that had so much promise and so much hype coming into the year. And it's like, yeah, they're getting wins, but like, they don't look like title contenders. Well, they just don't look anything near like the juggernauts that most people thought they were, they would be con- considering yeah. the talent that they have on their team. And, I'm going to say it now teams better than what they were last year so far. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like it at all, but I, a I'm lot of time, but still, yeah, yeah, still. But like, uh, I, I'm going to get out in front of it and do the thing everyone's scared to do. I think LeBron has fallen off. He looks old to me. He does yeah. not look like the same player. And that's the first time I've been able to say that. Cause even at the start of last season or the season before when people, some people said, Oh, maybe, you know, age is going to catch up to him. No, it wasn't true. And I admit it was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's true this year for the first time ever. I watch him, and though yeah. he still puts up similar points, he just does not have the same uh, bounce or speed or or drive. Like he had a uh, that crazy kind of get out of my way dunk against uh, yeah, the, the Rockets, Rockets on yeah. uh, Kevin Porter Jr. But he can only do that like once a game or once every couple games. It seems like these days when he used to, you know, have the energy to do that every play if he could. Like he, I, I do not think he's the same player, and I don't think he can be as physically dominant uh, as a scorer sure. uh, as, as he used to be. And while he's still a good passer and still a great all around player, he's still the same guy. I don't think he'll be able to do as much of that because I think people are going to slowly learn. They don't have to worry about him quite as much as a scorer. Uh, and, you know, a, a thing that I've kind of been critical of, you know, about LeBron for a while is that he, though he has a little bit of a post game, like he doesn't have this, kind of reliable uh, go-to shot that I think he can make, you know, whether like as he ages, like the, the shot that Dirk had, which he could make into his freaking forties or fifties, you know, hypothetically, because he likes to his... think he can do like the MJ or the Kobe fadeaway, but he, he can't, can't. Not, he can't do it. He can't do shot. it consistently. He just is. And to be fair to him, he's never had to do it because he's always been able to rely on his speed and his brute strength. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's a decent three point shooter. You know, he does the thing where he, dribbles a few times, looks down at the ball, sidesteps and, and, and hits threes. But I don't think if that's what LeBron James is doing, 
Um, I don't think that's the best version of him. And I think if you're an opposing team, you'll take that. Uh, honestly. Yeah. And, so, and he's been shooting a lot more threes too. He's been yeah, sh- he, shooting he them even, decently, but no, he's, he's, he's been, been shooting good. a little more for that. He, well, exactly. And, and I, I just think that's a bad sign. I don't think he's yeah. as willing or able to attack the basket uh, as he once was, which is what made him one of the most dangerous players ever. And uh, I don't know. Uh, everyone's scared to say it. Like, you know, they're, they're, everyone, you know, I, I understand they're, they're going to say LeBron's fallen off once they actually see it, once they actually see him, you know, consistently losing the playoffs here. But I, 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 I want to be the one to get out in front of this and say, I think that that's it for LeBron. Now that, that doesn't mean that the Lakers can't be great and maybe even win, but I just don't think he's going to be the same guy. I think sure. if they do win, it's going to be AD stepping up and, 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 you know, playing out of his mind and somehow yeah. the Lakers figuring out how they're going to use Westbrook. But at this point, I don't think there is a good way to use Westbrook. Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, in, in terms of, you know, the Lakers outlook, like I, I agree with you, although they're, technically doing better like they're doing better their wins after the terrible okc loss that we talked about were i think like two wins against the rockets and then they beat the Cavs. like yeah. not exactly top tier teams that are like oh that's a signature win for the lakers wow look how well they're doing it's like yeah they were supposed to win those games and yeah. even that game uh, a couple nights ago against the rockets they won by two and everyone was freaking out like oh look how good you know the the, the lakers they're finally back and you beat the rockets by two for yeah, that sake yeah, and you're yeah. relying on carmelo anthony having what is kind of like a career resurgent year uh shooting the ball like crazy there's no way he can, he can keep this up um you know in terms of his shooting splits and percentages right now shooting the ball crazy well from three uh, i think a career high if i'm not mistaken um but uh like i don't know i i'm not a believer in the lakers i, I really don't think they look like a contender either and unless you know, something big changes. Uh, uh, I, I think they're definitely beatable. Well, and LeBron's actually starting to show some wear and tear. You know, he's missed a couple games. Yeah. You no, know, he's been. Yeah, he's uh, not going to play he, tonight. Uh, even, uh, even when he's played, he hasn't looked 100%, which you know, you've been saying as well. But that's yeah. kind of been his thing, right? He's a freak athlete that just never gets hurt. Yep. Uh, and that was why his first year at the Lakers, you know, and again, that was kind of one of those ones where it was like, yeah, he's probably not going to w- go anywhere with this young team. So, you know, he shuts it down with a groin injury. Um, and again, that's, that's kind of the most that we've seen with LeBron being hurt. And a lot of it's based on rest, let the, the, not the actual injury. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a, an overstatement. I don't think you're stretching anything there by saying LeBron may start like, he might be on his day new He's falling down. He's, uh, yeah. he's falling off. So, uh, yeah, the Lakers definitely now, to be clear. That's still on. one of the best players in the league him yeah. falling yeah. off. And it's going to be like a, it's, it's going to be a decline from the mountaintop. Right. Like, so, sure. but I, I do think he's on the way down. I, yeah. I, I think I see it. But again, that's the other side of this that we were talking about. Another contender uh, coming like, coming into the season that we all thought were going to be a powerhouse. You know, uh, Katie's balling out completely. He's been amazing. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge has actually been awesome off the bench lately. Yep. Uh, I, I big respects for him. You know, battling back from what he's been dealing with lately. Um, but James Harden has had a couple okay games. I wouldn't say amazing games, but he's still like not. He's just not putting anything together so far. Uh, I don't really see him shooting the ball like he used to. He's not playmaking like he used to. Again, I would like to just say this for any of you box score watchers. If you have a lot of assists, that doesn't actually mean that you did anything. You can give a guy a ball on the wing and then KD can shoot a crazy contested three or break a guy down with his handles and get a dunk. And then you'll get an assist. I could get seven assists to play night playing with uh, KD. <laughs> Trust me, it wouldn't be, would not be that hard. Um, but anyways, yeah, for, for a guy like James Harden, an MVP caliber, like an, all, like an, an NBA 75 guy, uh, yeah. you know, I think you need way more than what you're getting from him right now. Well, you know, I agree because I said 
a couple pods ago, every time he doesn't score 25 points, I'm, I'm going to scream. So there's been two games now. So, uh, that, that he has not uh, reached that threshold. He, he had 18 uh, against the Pistons and 16 against the, the Hawks. Measly, uh, you know, under, under 20 points, not even close to, to the 25 that I'm expecting from him. So I'll just do one long scream to, to nice yeah, long one, do it twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Again, we're, you know, we record late. I don't want to disturb anyone, but yeah, um, please, please cover your ears. <laughs> wow. I think you might have broke your uh, your microphone on that one. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check these. Yeah, I because um, I, I, I honestly at this point, and I, this is not to offend you, man, but I don't really want to hear you scream every podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, everyone else does either. I mean, uh, maybe we should make it like if he scores under like 16, if he's between 16 no. and 19. I, no, this is a non-negotiable ne- okay, negotiable one. That I'm sorry. He's you gotta know, get that out somehow. Yes. Yes, and for the whole season, I'm I'm not kidding. Sure. But uh, one a podcast though, it's not like I'm because I consider doing two screams, like uh, sure. one per per game. But I'll, I'll I'll meld them all together into one. So there sorry. At the end of the year, we'll do like a big compilation, like one long yeah, yeah, yeah. scream, and we'll see how long the scream goes. The scream. And I may switch up the the, the scream. Hop on the scream train. But uh, no, in all seriousness, Matt. This is bullshit. James yeah. Harden is supposed to be one of the, you know, people are calling him the best offensive player ever, better than yeah. Michael Jordan yeah. because of his ability to score and pass and set up other guys. And uh, I don't know, like, I, I guess, you know, the Nets, the Nets have won the past few games. So, you know, and, and Harden's been dishing out, you know, he, he had 10 or no, so he had 12 and then 11 assists the past two games. Like he's setting other guys up and he had a triple double against Detroit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of back to his old ways in terms of, you know, the way he affects the game, but he used to score 30, 30 plus every night. No problem. Yeah. Like it was, it, and, and, you know, it shouldn't be a situation where just because you have KD on your team, you can't do that. Like we saw him go off for big scoring totals last year, uh, you know, with the nets. And uh, it's not like the situation where you're, you're also dealing with Kyrie there in the mix where you, you have to share the ball with, you know, three guys who are kind of ball dominant. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, the Nets. I yeah, I get what you're saying, Jordan. But the Nets, it's 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 interesting. One thing they with Harden not playing to the level that we all expected him to. New mayor of New York says he might start lifting some of these uh, vaccine mandates. Kyrie yeah. Irving, the, the 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 ankle taker, as they call them, world be flat. He uh, <laughs> he could be coming back, uh, whether we like it or not. So yeah. And I did say, you know, uh, he's kind of that X factor for me. Like I thought if he was there, you know, maybe that that's what pushes them from, you know, being East contenders, you know, being the title favorites. So, yeah. I mean, that's something I think that Nets fans might actually be like pleading whether whatever way stands you have on the vaccine at this point to be like, fuck, yeah. like, we need something to give this team a boost because we can't just get these three superstars and then walk away with no finals appearances. Like that would be yeah. a green ring. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that, that'd be, that'd be, terrible and like yeah I, I didn't think this would be the situation that the nets are in that's why james harden uh, is frustrating me so much it's like i i thought these guys honestly if if harden and durant were scoring at the level i'm used to seeing mm-hmm. them score at and, and durant again is doing his thing uh but you know harden if he you know ba- basically would need to double his scoring averages here to to be up where where i expected him to be at but i thought in many ways if that was happening the nets would actually be better without Kyrie because mm-hmm. Kyrie. Uh, is a bit of a liability on defense. Um, and, and obviously, as on a whole, Kyrie's going to make them better. It's going to make their offense more, more dangerous. But I thought yeah. they could figure it out in a way and still be, uh, you know, a, a finals contender, someone who could win. 
And then, you know, they wouldn't have to deal with the Kyrie off court stuff or him being injured or whatever. They could just sort of, you know, go ahead, uh, you know, with the team as construction constructed and, you know, go and win. So, um, you know, at this point, Kyrie uh, is looking like a necessity. Like they need, the, yeah. they need it more than I thought they would. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all because, you know, stupid James Harden isn't, isn't doing, doing what we're so used to him, him doing like, yeah. Uh, and, and he was not the player that I expected to, to struggle scoring the ball uh, pretty much ever. I thought he would, uh, of all the guys in the NBA, he could be uh, the guy who would, you know, keep, keep scoring at a high clip because he has so many bags or, you know, tricks in his bag, I should say, like, you know, he can get to the line, he can score in such a variety of ways. So, so it's very strange and, you know, hopefully he can play his way into that. Uh, as the season goes on. Otherwise that, yeah, uh, they're, they're going to have to hope for, for Kyrie uh, coming back here. Well, and you know, we're talking about necessities. It's uh, Paul George back in the media talking his talk uh, about some, Always there. he's been playing fine. So I don't know why he's the guy to do this. Cause we were talking about this on a recent podcast. He's been playing really well. Yeah. And, and we were talking recently about uh, how, you know, the, the new foul calls. And I mean, Harden is, you know, as we said, the poster boy for it, yeah. uh, you know, the new offensive fouls uh, that they, they are, I guess that uh, the offensive fouls, but things that could be called a foul uh, that are no longer when uh, the person on offense is the one engaging the contact. Um, but uh, when we're looking at that, that was an issue, you know, players are just to it. Now, Paul George is saying that the new Wilson balls are the problem, the, yeah. switch, the switch over from Spalding to Wilson. And now the guy it has, a, it has a different touch to it. He said different <laughs> feel guys are, that's why you see all these stars missing. Give me a break, man. You should, if you're an NBA player, you should be able to go up and pick up like an old rackety old ball that has no, like, you know, when you played with the ball so much, like the actual, like the leather is gone yeah. and it's just yeah. a weird, like almost like carpet underneath it. Like that's what it feels like. Or like something like made of like a, like a, like a dish rag. I don't even know how to describe it, but if you real hoopers know what that feels like, if you, and you've literally used a ball till it's no longer even has any coating on it. Uh, yeah. like you should still be able to shoot, dribble the ball, do whatever you need to do to, to ball up. And Paul George is saying, Oh, these brand new Wilson balls are, are no good. I mean, how deep are these excuses going to get? I don't, I don't know what else these guys want. Like, do you want us to give you a step ladder so you could dunk easier too? Like yeah. just, just play basketball, man. It's not yeah, that, well, I mean, it could be hard for some people, not hard for me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm, I'm six foot eight and I probably would have made the NBA, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just one of these things like, why now, why this year are we letting them get away with this? Like we need to start, like I, we, I said before, bring bullying back, man. Let's get these guys <laughs> to shut up. Well, like the Paul George's quote was not to make an excuse or, of it or anything. It's just a different basketball. I'm like, no, it is not a different basketball. A basketball is a basketball. If you were out there shooting with, you know, a, a Nerf ball or a football or something, you know, I would, I would get it. Or sure. if the ball suddenly had spikes or wouldn't bounce as high. But I'm like, like, you, you should be able to, anything that is the size of a basketball and is made of leather and bounces, you should be able to shoot And they're practicing with it. It's not yeah, like exactly. they're just going to play with this random ball. I Yeah, it, 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 it's so stupid to me and, and does sound like an excuse and people kind of attributing this to the bad shooting that we're seeing uh i'm like there's a lot of other factors here at play also like these guys are now all kind of getting used to again i know they did it have dealt to it with it you know for their whole careers but they're getting used to uh full capacity stadiums again too yeah. like these guys played you know through the bubble those who did and then even like last year there was you know so many restrictions on, on who could go where like there's you know, just a lot of sort of different things happening. And to say, you know, the, the league kind of drop and shooting uh, is just attributed to the ball, I think is, is ridiculous. But like, 
I, I just think it's in these guys' heads, like somehow, like the, the, they're, you know, they notice one small difference about, you know, how the ball feels yeah. or something and then yeah. say, oh, it's, you know, affecting my shot. That's the reason I, I airballed it here. No, I, I think it's just total uh, just crap and yeah. an excuse. And uh, I think to the extent that it is affecting people's shots, it's all like psychological. Sure. And I mean, there is, there, there obviously some brands, like they do have a different feel to them, but like once you take two, yeah, shots, but, you should get used to it. Like, it's not like, yeah, it takes, like, Oh my God, I can't play with this ball. It's like, Oh yeah. man, like I can't, I can only wear Nikes. Like when I wear Adidas shoes, I'm, I feel like I can't, I can't jump three inches higher. Like, it's like, shut up, man. It's the same thing. It's just a different brand. Like it's just, just get over yourself. And, and again, and uh, I wanted to bring this up. Nobody, uh, nobody gives a shit about us playing basketball in real life, but we're going to tell you the story anyways. Uh, uh, me and Jordan and uh, the rest of our ragtag group of like horrible basketball players uh, that actually played together in high school. You know, we made a run in our, our like to our provincials uh, when we were back in the day and AKA we were, state we, championship, we, baby. We could only, we could only be good because we used the Wilson evolution. Bro, the Wilson we, ball is uh, the goat, man. I don't know what these guys are talking about. Yeah, but... that ball, when it was just such a nice touch. You, like, it never missed. It never missed. It was like a it magnetic was so ring. so soft. You, I, you just put it up. To, no, yeah. And it was... Easy to catch. Like, if you're throwing, like, a lob, if you're going for an outlet. That's, that's what I remember. The, it was really easy to grip. Like, yeah. I could almost grip it with one hand. Uh, like, it was it, it was great. I love the Wilson ball. So, yeah, I don't know what these guys... I don't know what these guys are talking about. Like, was it... Are they... It, it, like... Is it not slippery enough? Because yeah, uh, you know I don't get that. Like what? Harder to steal the ball. So weird. So maybe weird. he meant it on defense. Who knows? I mean, he yeah, said he missing shots, but maybe he's like, actually, I'm hard finding it hard to steal the ball. It's sticking to their hands. Uh, I mean, honestly, at this point, like, I mean, uh, I think that it, like if they're gonna keep using this Wilson ball, I, I I said it before, man. I might have to go out for a ten day. Sit in the sit me sit my ass in the corner, man. Hell yeah, yeah. We could be yeah, like, like an all trial, man. We could do it. We could field the team. Just shoot threes. Miko, Miko would make a roster. Uh, Newsy would make a roster. We, we would all do it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, what, a, what a group of guys we could get in there. But yeah, it's uh, the Wilson ball controversy. It should be over. If you, if no one, if you have any listeners here new to the uh, to, to the sport of basketball or just have only ever used, you know, the generic balls or whatever, go check out. Go go to your local, you know, sports uh, retail distributor or wherever it may be. And go pick up a Wilson uh, Evolution, and you'll never go back. I'm trying. Yeah, we want me. your feedback on this because yeah, for real, it's, it's the best ball. It's the best ball out there. Best ball on the market. And uh, you know, as we're wrapping up the podcast again, thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, means the world to us. Uh, again, we've been seeing some great support so far. Please, you know, rate us five stars uh, on Apple. Uh, you know, share us on your social media. Feel free to tag us at Big Dog Ball Talk. We'll give you guys a shout out for sure. Uh, and, and, and actually right now we also are setting up, we would like to start doing some mailbags. So, uh, yeah. we're going to have it uh, available. You can send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want. You can DM us. We also have an active email. It's big dog ball talk at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. And, uh, we're going to start to put together an episode. We're going to get all your guys questions and, uh, we're going to have a big episode just dedicated to all you listeners. And we're going to get to get to the bottom of some of the burning questions you guys are looking for. Uh, and you want us yeah. to answer it can be basketball related. It can be life related. We're open books. I don't <laughs> care. I'll tell you anything. Uh, I got nothing to hide. Trust me, except for that one thing. Uh, but don't ask about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, I tried. No, yeah, it doesn't don't work. try and ask me about it, man. I'm a close book. Open up. But, uh, but again, everybody, thank you so, so much for uh, tuning in to Big Dog Ball Talk. Uh, I've been Matt Eichhorn uh, with my dear friend, 
Jordan Flegel, and uh, as my friend Jordan always says, uh, one step at a time, uh, son. What about? Okay, now here's the thing. Yeah, good. Not great. Two things. One. Son, I'm calling you my son. Okay, now you're I not just talking. Just sunned you. Whoa. No, I, no, I tailor them to you, man. They're not just quotes. No. So, but here's what I have to say. What about leaps? Like, what if I want to take a leap forward? Because I'm not a walker. Again, you can't jump in showing your age. You're sh- you take one step at a time. No, you don't leap. Like, like a standing like, long jump. Yeah, no. You're like getting an ahead Olympic of yourself. athlete. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. if anything, you work, with, you, you, work your way, you, you work your way up to that. But you don't even know how to walk, I don't think. Do you know how to walk? Enough more than Zion. I can do. Yeah. I can even do the move walk. That's my. That was my. That was my No, no, come on, man. You, you, you know I can move walk. You know I can. Uh, and that'd be way more than one step. Yeah, but it's not intentional. That's one the sad step. thing. Right? Oh, no, no. trust me, man. I can move walk intentionally. I can walk. <laughs> I can take one step on the moon. I can take one step backward doing the moon walk. I can take two <laughs> steps forward to a brighter horizon for all my people, because I'm running for office. Oh, okay. 2024. Of, of your condo building? Yeah. I want to be the president of the condo association. George, my running mate. We got it. We want yeah. another basketball court. We want yeah, keep the court open at all times. Yeah, all court time, open. Dude. I don't care if there's sludge coming out of here. We want it. One step forward, son. That's my slogan. One step forward. Big dog. You got my goal.